0: Welcome to another part of the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. I go by Brent Spirit and today I'll be sharing a little bit about why some spiritual teachers don't speak openly about the Kundalini Awakening process, even though they themselves have undergone it. So in a previous section of the series, I spoke about why some spiritual teachers may outright deny or dismiss or minimize the Kundalini Awakening journey as something unnecessary, maybe something that doesn't even exist. The reason that they do that essentially comes down to looking for a way to bypass the need to actually do the real intense uh difficult spiritual work that involves undergoing the purification process the healing the emotional uh upheaval uh the, the willingness to surrender the willingness to address this body to address the world to address our wounds to address our trauma many spiritual teachers uh don't want to do that so instead they choose to focus on the transcendent Aspects of the awakening journey, and basically set up camp over there. So instead of dealing with all the trauma in the body, they just speak about transcending it, and then they feel that that's the end of the path. Well, of course, it's not. And of course, those people that speak about it that way, they haven't experienced the Kundalini awakening journey themselves. Uh, If you're listening to me at this point, uh, you probably have experienced something to do with Kundalini within your own system, and you know that this is nothing to dismiss deny or minimize is very real,' is very intense and it deserves our, our respect. it deserves our attention and it's nothing to take lightly. Uh, but then of course, like I've said, uh, there are some teachers that are, are just simply quiet about their Kundalini awakening process. They don't speak about it uh, openly and, and you know um, very blatantly like in the way I am here in this series. And I want to share a little bit about why I think that is uh, of course, Uh, Please check out the other parts of this series to find some useful principles and tips and guidelines for undergoing your Kundalini Awakening process safely and smoothly. Um, It's all free. I've I've got a pretty good breakdown of some things that I think are very important for you to know on your journey if you happen to be going through some difficulty. Uh, You can find all of that and some more free content at brentspirit.com. Before I start dropping names, let me just start by saying, look, I'm only making assumptions about these teachers and about why they don't speak openly about Kundalini. Um, They might listen to me and have some very different reasoning. I'm just making some assumptions here just for the sake of discussion, just to clear some things up, because this is a question that I had for quite a while. And in my contemplation, I I came to some conclusions here that satisfied me. And I just want to share those with you today. Um, Of course, like I said... They might disagree um, if you really want to know why they don't talk about it ask them and then you know let me know what they say so uh, let's start by naming a few teachers a few notable well-known teachers here so ram das sri ramana maharshi adyashanti matt khan these teachers are all self-realized and they've all gone through the kundalini awakening process so they've mentioned it here and there but in general they aren't very open or direct about it, as far as I've found. You know, it's not like they have put out a book called Kundalini 101 or anything like that. And of course, uh, there's many other teachers like them as well. They're not the only ones, but uh, they're very well known. And that's why I'm choosing to, to mention them here today. And we'll look a little bit at their teachings and, and my interpretation of them and, and why, uh, like I've been saying, uh, they don't really talk openly about Kundalini. But uh, just for your information, I, I found it interesting to know that Ram Das gave Matt Kahn Shaktipat. Matt Kahn has spoken about this. And Matt Kahn spent time uh, over, over dinner with Adyashanti. And they talked about Kundalini Awakening. They talked about their processes. And uh, I know this because either it was Matt Kahn or Matt Kahn's business partner, Julie Dittmar. Uh, they posted about it on their Facebook or something like that. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting to know these things. It's not out in the open per se, but it's not also completely secret. Yeah, these people all underwent the cleanly awakening journey. Um, so, even though they don't speak about it openly, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's, I'm there's not faulting them for not speaking openly about it. Like I said, I've come to understand a little bit about why, and that's what I want to share with you today. So here's some of my, my thoughts about it. So first, if you follow any of the teachings that these teachers actually do share, you'll inadvertently just position yourself for kundalini to, be, to begin to rise on its own. And if you practice those teachings that they share, you'll have the skills and the knowledge and the, the preparation to go through the kundalini awakening process uh, regardless of whether you've heard the word kundalini or not, okay? So for example... Ram Das, in his teachings, he said to be here now, and he said to love, serve, and remember God. So if you practice these things fervently, Kundalini will awaken on its own. And if you continue to practice being here now, loving, serving, and remembering God throughout the Kundalini awakening process, even at the most difficult points, you'll succeed. It's very simple. The same goes for Matt Kahn. So when he says to love whatever arises, he's talking about a practice that can be used at any point along your journey, whether you have, uh, you know, nothing to do with Kundalini when you're in the, whether you're in the midst of Kundalini, uh, that practice can take you all the way, and I've I've experienced it myself, uh, loving what arises. So, what that practice entails is telling yourself, "I love you," over and over and over again. Putting your hands on your heart, feeling the love within yourself, regardless of what you're thinking, thinking, feeling, or experiencing. And if you do that consistently, you prepare your nervous system. Uh, you you lay a foundation of safety so that the kundalini can then rise. And then through the the rising of that pro, of the kundalini, through that purification process, you continue with the practice of loving yourself, and you'll come out on the other side stable and and. Uh, in, a, in a very, very high state of consciousness that can be integrated and embodied and lived out as a human being. So this is, this is what I did. I, I followed Matt's teachings. I, I loved myself and I continue to love myself. And uh, so I, I'm speaking from experience here. I know for some people it might sound cheesy, uh, you know, telling yourself I love you and that sort of thing, but I really mean it. It's, it's a very, very, very powerful practice, very effective. So let's look at Ramana Maharshi. Uh, When Ramana Maharshi, uh, he he said to ask, who am I? So once you awaken to the self with this question, with with inquiring, who am I in your meditation, it's a practice called self-inquiry. Once you get an answer to that question, or once the question dissolves into who you really are, which is the self with a capital S, which is that expanded consciousness, which is not separate from Kundalini, by the way. So when you ask this question, who am I through self-inquiry, uh, something shifts within you um, and you are able to now abide as the self or have access to that state of consciousness and once you begin to practice resting there just like uh, with the other practices now kundalini will begin to rise on its own and like I've been saying if you continue to abide as the self uh, throughout your kundalini process everything will unfold smoothly and successfully so Aja Shanti. He comes from a Zen background, and now Zen does not openly address Kundalini awakening at all. Zen is very, very minimal. They don't talk a lot about all this stuff, but Kundalini is there. There is an energetic component to the, the transformation that takes place as a result of, of exploring Zen, and it's there if you know where to look. So Adyashanti's teachings, they involve recognizing silence that's inherent within ourselves, within the world. Even when there's you know literal noise, there's a, there's a foundation of silence that we can tap into. Uh, there's spaciousness and there's this pure being and Aida points us to abiding there, resting there. And once again, if we follow these practices, then we can position ourselves for Kundalini to rise on its own. And if we continue with those practices that Aida recommends, we'll have, a, we'll have a successful Kundalini unfolding. So with all of that said, to put it simply, with Kundalini, we can approach it passively by focusing on the practices that these teachers mention. And those practices, they'll bring out many benefits and just one of them will be to set ourselves up for Kundalini Awakening to take place, okay? So even if you're not looking for a Kundalini Awakening or that's not something you're interested in, you can still engage in those practices and, and your life will transform, your, your life will change. So another reason I have here for why the topic is sometimes avoided <laughs> is that Kundalini is a very polarizing subject, so some will be drawn to it because they think that if they have a Kundalini awakening, they'll, you know, experience all sorts of mystical things. Uh, then maybe they think that they'll experience nothing but bliss. Uh, all of their, all their, their problems will go away. They'll be at, you know, in a perfect state of ongoing bliss, almost like, you know, being high on a drug for the rest of their life. Uh, they think maybe they'll experience great powers, you know, superhuman abilities. Sometimes within, uh, even within yoga, they're called siddhis um sometimes people think they'll you know suddenly have the ability to manifest anything that they want at will you know if they're experiencing money problems or they want uh, you know to be um you know, have a lot of material stuff and they may think oh kundalini awakening if i can do that i can manifest anything i will and i'll be happy um you know maybe they think they can become a great uh great healer to perform miracles and and whether they want to do that for the fame that would come with that or if they want to do that out of you know a willingness to heal and help others um it doesn't matter Some might also want uh, to have a Kundalini Awakening just because they want to become very attractive and charismatic. They want to maybe draw a lot of people, draw a lot of attention. Maybe they want to be uh, attractive for romantic partners and whatnot. So these people, they may only be interested in these things because of, you know, egocentric goals. They want to just uh, attain these egocentric goals and they think that Kundalini Awakening will bring about these things. Now, yes, at times Kundalini can you know uh give us certain powers and abilities and maybe you know we'll we'll experience bliss now and then um maybe there are some great healing gifts things like that can come but they come to people who have been uh initiated to the point where they can use those those blessings those gifts uh, for for positive use when necessary, so not always, not at will. It's more so when they're called by the Kundalini within to offer those gifts or to experience those gifts. So it's not like it's uh, it's not like once we attain those abilities, we have full hundred percent control over them at all times. If we uh, sometimes experience those things, we get um, we get tested. So we may experience great bliss, and if we become attached to that bliss. Uh, we're still uh, not yet ready to, uh, to have it abiding in a consistent way, and Kundalini will at times take it away so that we can learn to not be so attached to it, for example, and things like that, okay? So there are some, like I've said, who, who seek Kundalini Awakening for, for egotistic reasons, egotistical reasons, and as a teacher, attracting that kind of crowd, it's not ideal, especially not if, if you're a teacher who's trying to do You know, really great work, leave a great legacy behind. You don't want that type of of crowd. Conversely, like I said, uh, Kundalini is a very polarizing subject. So on the other hand, we'll have other people who will hear about how difficult the Kundalini process can be. Uh, you know, they hear about people suffering, but they hear about people struggling for years, trying to figure out how to navigate it. You know, sometimes we hear about people who died because of their currently awakening process and whatnot. And so, you know, people hear about these ideas. They hear about far out trippy stuff like you know, having an out of body experience or leaving your body or having a near death experience. Or they hear the term ego death and that's really scary to them. Or they hear about ideas of encountering non-physical entities and things like that. And of course, um, when certain people hear these things, they run the other direction. They want nothing to do with any of this. And uh, they run so far in the other direction that they abandon spirituality altogether. They don't pursue any spiritual practices at all. They won't even consider, you know, uh, abiding as the spaciousness or being here now or, or loving themselves. They're like, no, hell no, I, I don't want anything to, to awaken within me. I don't want to experience any of that far out scary stuff. So they abandon spirituality altogether, and as a teacher, we don't we don't uh, you know want to attract a crowd like that either. Okay, so both of these situations, uh, whether it's being drawn to Kundalini for egotistical reasons or running away with it, alt- uh, running away from it altogether because we're afraid, neither is ideal. So it goes without saying, but you know Kundalini is nothing to be feared, uh, nor is it anything to seek out to attain powers and other ego-enhancing experiences. Kundalini is about bringing the divine into this human form and living it out as a human being in the world, embodying it. Okay? So, another reason that a teacher might not speak openly about Kundalini is that if they talk about it in a direct way, others might come to them and expect them to give them, you know, very clear, direct, simple instructions or, on how to awaken it. And so, they may want uh, a very clear, simple uh, pranayama breathwork practice. Or they may say, give me a mantra on how to awaken kundalini. And, you know, they want to do it tomorrow. They want to do it today. They want, they want their kundalini to be awakened right there on the spot. And, you know, they're very demanding in this way. Of course, you know, this is unsafe. And, and no responsible wise teacher would provide this information to just anybody. Okay. The nervous system must be prepared In time, and that usually takes years, uh, before the kundalini can be awakened and rise smoothly without difficulty. And of course, so how do we prepare the nervous system? Well, we engage in the simple practices, like I mentioned from all of those great teachers. We love ourselves, we practice being here now, we remember God, we serve God, we inquire into who we really are. We prepare the body with meditation, we do a little bit of movement, we take care of this body, we put good things into the body, whether it's good food, we consume good good media, all of that kind of stuff. So, these are some of the reasons for why Kundalini is sometimes not spoken about openly. Of course, it's a powerful force, it must be approached with care, not sought out prematurely or feared altogether. So, now you might be wondering then, why am I here? sitting as a spiritual teacher talking openly about kundalini awakening after I've given all of these reasons for why some teachers uh, choose not to speak about it. Well, I feel that there are some teachers that are meant to do this work in an open and clear way. And I've been called quite directly by the kundalini within me to do this. Um, Keep in mind as well, you know, I'm not the only one. There are others like me out there and some of their teachings are even more sophisticated and more detailed than my own. So those who speak directly about kundalini are not likely to draw big crowds like Ram Dass did, for example. So his influence was worldwide. Uh, He impacted and continues to impact millions. Um, The general population can understand and appreciate simple teachings such as being here now, loving, serving, and remembering God. Um, Not everyone who practices these things will experience a full-blown kundalini awakening. But everyone who practices these teachings, they'll they're going to benefit greatly regardless. Um, another example: Matt Kahn just recently, in the past couple weeks ago, he spoke in front of the UN about peace and love. Now, just my assumption here, but I'm willing to bet that if he was the Kundalini awakening guy, uh, and you know he had a book specifically titled, you know, how to awaken Kundalini. Uh, instead of being the I love you guy who focused on loving ourselves and sharing love throughout the world, I feel like he wouldn't have got that invite to speak at the UN and allow his impact to be so influential around the world, right? So it's something to keep in mind as well. So those who do speak directly about Kundalini, they're likely to have a smaller audience consisting of those who are hyper-focused on the Kundalini process who need support beyond just the basic general spiritual practices that we're all familiar with. So it's important to remember that this process in some respects does not need to be complicated and you don't need these very specific teachings to do exactly with Kundalini. We don't need to know about every single Nadi and chakra and every single type of rising and exactly what's going on within ourselves. Our system already knows how to to carry out the Kundalini awakening process without the need for us to have a very expansive or complete intellectual understanding of it. Okay, so just like how your body knows how to heal a cut, just like how your body knows how to digest food, it knows how to go through the kundalini awakening too. And so for this reason, not all teachers need to speak directly and specifically about the process, even though they themselves have undergone it. But with that said, keep this in mind all genuine teachers have in fact undergone a kundalini awakening journey. So they may not specifically refer to it as kundalini. Like I said earlier on in the series, that's a Sanskrit word. It comes from the yogic systems out of India. But this is a universal human process that goes by many different names all around the world, throughout history. We can find it. There are hints about it here and there. But uh, any genuine teacher, they will have undergone a process akin to the Kundalini waking process. They may not call it Kundalini. They may refer to some sort of energetic process, but it will involve a full system overhaul and they'll speak about it uh, you know, being a very, very uh, significant part of their awakening journey. They may not talk about it openly, but you know, if you look around, you can find some hints about it here and there. You can use your discernment in that way. If there are some teachers that you enjoy, but you're looking for somebody to support you on your kundalini awakening journey, and you're experiencing a hard time, and there's a teacher that you find, and you can't really, you know, figure out if they've, gone through the process or not you can tune into yourself you can ask yourself you can listen for an answer you can listen for a response whether that's a teacher that you need to spend some time with uh whether it's in person or in books or, or whatever it is and you can you, you get a response and if you don't get a response and you're not sure if a teacher is appropriate for you at this time because you're not sure whether they're uh withholding information about the kundalini process for reasons that i mentioned here today or if they're not speaking about kundalini because they haven't experienced it themselves if you're not sure and you can't really figure it out by tuning into your, your heart just leave those teachers behind and move on there's so many great teachers out there that we don't need to spend time with ones that we're unsure of so that's that's something that we have a great benefit of here today in this age we have the internet we can access teachers from throughout history around the world uh, you know we don't need to leave our home leave our family leave our country to go on some long journey to the desert or something to find a guru in the cave. Uh, we can, you know, we have instant access, so we can take that, uh, take advantage of that, and, and try and work with teachers that really resonate with us. Uh, especially, like I said, if you're going through the Kundalini awakening process, find others who have. Um, I'll be making another quick video about this, but basically, in short, if somebody hasn't undergone the Kundalini awakening process, they can't really help you. The most that they can do is is listen to you and and validate your experience and say, hey, that's that's cool. I believe you. And they can maybe refer you to another resource, but they can't really help you directly, especially when it comes to specific issues to do with Kundalini. Um, It's just in the nature of it. If you haven't gone through it, you don't know what you're dealing with, what you're talking about, or how to really help anybody. So uh, with all that said, I hope this has been a meaningful episode for you. If you have any feedback for me, any comments, uh, anything you don't agree with, anything uh, interesting you'd like to share with me about the Kundalini topic, uh, about your journey, about something you heard about another teacher, for example, I'd love to hear it all. I'm very open. Uh, You can get in touch with me. You can leave a comment. Um, My email inbox is always open. open, uh, info at brentspirit.com. You can also visit brentspirit.com to learn about meeting with me one-on-one. If you feel like you want to support this work, you can make a donation and you can also find more free content there. brentspirit.com. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. Much love. Peace.